Hi and welcome to Sci-Fi Fans, I'm your host and sci-fi writer W.A. Blinko and this episode is just about Alien really. Aliens is my favourite franchise of all time and the sequel Aliens happens also to be my favourite film. So there you go, a little bit of info about me. My second favourite film by the way is The Italian Job and if you know me well you'll know why. Alien came out in 1979 and started off the day directorial career of Ridley Scott who up until this point is known mainly for TV commercials in particular one involving the Hovis advert where a guy's pushing a bike up a hill. How you go from pushing a bike up a hill to an interstellar sci-fi horror is anyone's guess and it does kind of remind me uh, Peter, Peter Jackson if you look at his early films in particular in bad taste and then you look at the um, Lord of the Rings films that he's made you you would not believe that they were done by the same person albeit there's a big gap between them but yeah I mean who'd have thought the director of um, In Bad Taste would go on to film and direct the uh, real good classy series of films called The Lord of the Rings I digress so I'll get back to Alien not only did Alien give um, Ridley Scott his I wouldn't say it's big break because I think he'd have one or two beforehand, but it certainly helped Ridley Scott break the interdirectoral roles in uh, in Hollywood. It also starred Sigourney Weaver. Now Sigourney Weaver had never been in a big major picture before this, so this was her film debut. In the um, audition process, she actually told Ridley Scott what she felt and how she felt the character Ripley, who incidentally was actually written for a man to play, would be acting and what she felt the character would do in this given situation. In 1992, Sigourney Weaver gave an interview because uh, Alien 3 came out and this is where she was chatting about how she got the role of Ripley. In the interview, she uh, expressed her regret, actually, for how bullshit she was in the in, in the auditioning process for Alien because she felt that she'd actually blown her chances. And to be honest, she probably wouldn't really blame Ridley Scott if a total unknown come in and started dictating how the character should act and what they should do. However, Ridley Scott probably uh, thought that, that was a good thing and it showed certainly Sigourney Weaver's um, charm and determination, I think, really, and he gave her the role. The rest, as they say, is history. Incidentally, Mel Streep was also considered for the role of Ripley, but she had a, a bit of a family tragedy at the time and I don't know if she dropped out, but as I say, Ridley Scott handed the uh, baton over to Sigourney Weaver. One of the most iconic scenes in Alien is the chestburster scene. And this is where the, if you're unfamiliar with the film, this is where the, the alien bursts out of John Hurt's stomach. It has been parodied a couple of times, in, uh, particularly in Spaceballs, with John Hurt himself, which is quite funny. But... Um, yeah, this film, well, th this part of the film, the chestburster scene, was kept relatively secret. Obviously, it would have been in the script. You know, Alien comes out of John Hurt, and who, well, Alien comes out of Kane, uh, John Hurt's character. And uh, there's going to be a little bit of blood and, and whatnot. But the actual scope and what they did preparation-wise for this scene was kept totally secret so nobody actually knew how much blood gore guts was going to feature so the look on uh, veronica cartwright's face playing the character lambert when that blood splatters on her face 
is genuine. The um, the film the scene itself was done in one take with four cameras. So yeah, and it, they pulled it off really. I mean, if you haven't seen Alien, then I'm really surprised that you haven't by now. But you know, what can I say? There's a few films out there that I haven't seen personally, so I'm not going to judge you. And uh, yeah, go, go and see it. And the, as I say, the, this particular scene it was one take and a lot of blood and guts and nobody knew to get that genuine look of surprise and it works really well the um the blood that they use is actually raspberry juice as well so next time you watch that scene then uh, hopefully you'll be sitting there thinking eh, that's raspberry juice <laughs> so uh, yeah the um one of the themes along this is also the company doing over when i say doing over they're going to swindle the passengers and the workforce out of their bonuses and uh, this causes tension between Ripley and also Yapit Kato's character Parker so there are a couple of scenes where Ripley and Parker do have a bit of a stand down and there's a lot of tension in those scenes this was uh, created because well obviously it was in the script but the the appearance and the tension on screen is pretty much genuine because Ridley Scott told Yapit Kato to annoy the life out of Sigourney Weaver off camera. This is something that Yapit Kato went on to regret because he did say again after the filming and everything in another interview that he actually come quite friends with uh, Sigourney Weaver and liked her quite a lot. So um, yeah the on-screen tension that you see in, in Alien between the two is pretty much genuine and um, and that's the reason why. So, again, it's something that works. I think this is the thing with Ridley Scott is he has a knack of pulling the best out of people. And you can always tell the, the level of attention to detail in his films is is pretty much spot on. And the other thing with um, Alien is Ridley Scott kind of took a little bit of um, direction from Star Wars Episode Four. And also, I think it's 2001: Space Odyssey, and he took the he took inspiration from those two films in regards to space travel and how space travel works. He also then took a little bit of homage and inspiration from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and this is obviously for the horror side of Alien. So, three films that are credited as given Ridley Scott inspiration and a general feel of how to make these films is is there is those three films and also the other thing with um, Ridley Scott is he managed to double the budget for Alien just by doing the storyboards initially the I believe the budget was about 4.2 million and uh, Ridley Scott after producing the um, storyboards managed to get 20th Century Fox to double the budget to 8.4 million and then, obviously, through acquired accounting, shall we say, 20th Century Fox always said that they never made any money out of Alien, even up until the point of 1992 when Alien 3 came out. So the third film, you're three films into a franchise, and you've got the big honchos at the studios saying that they've never made a penny out of the franchise. I don't think so. I don't think that's how things work. Um, so the... So there you go, that's the, the finances side of it. I mean, I can't believe that they uh, they tried to claim after 20 odd years that they never made a penny out of it. The um, couple of colour changes as well, 
and that is the the facehugger which attaches itself to John Hurt's character Kane uh, was originally going to be green and uh, what happened was it was Dan O'Brien saw an unpainted facehugger on a tabletop while they were filming and this and put up a case for it to remain that way because it looks and it does it looks like a genuine leathery creature thing that would attach itself to somebody's face and um it and this is the thing that I, this is what i like about alien and also ridley scott is the attention to detail and, and the realism that they try and put into their films so yeah i think dan o'brien had to argue quite a bit to uh, leave the facehugger as unpainted and it works because can you imagine a green facehugger popping out of that egg because i can't and um, I think that would, that would be B-movie material just there itself. Incidentally, the um, the space models themselves, the Nostromo, was going to be yellow. But after a couple of uh, screen tests, Ridley Scott decided that he didn't like it. It didn't work for some reason, so they painted it gun metal. And they had to keep on repainting the models that were used in Alien because the KY jelly used for the lubrication of the jaw kept on taking off the paint <laughs> i think if i was working on that film and i it'd be like yeah here you go here's here's the uh, model of the nostromo yet again we need you to repaint it because it's the paint's come off thanks to the ky jelly i think i'd be getting a little bit annoyed about that but or would i because i'd be working in the film industry uh well yeah i probably would be getting a little bit annoyed with them not any of it so um Anyway, there you go. The uh, models were painted on a regular basis and they changed colour as well. The There was some handheld camera work and this was performed by Ridley Scott himself. And the original Alien had all... Within the designs of the original Alien is a human skull. And um, what they did was... This was H.R. Giger. He then... Because again, the the alien was going to have eyes underneath the. I'm not sure if they would have been underneath the dome of the skull or on the outside. I mean, they'd look quite strange on the outside, if we're honest. So, um, yeah, the the dome is the, the the xenomorph was supposed to have eyes, but again, H.R. Giger, who designed the the beast, who incidentally he got an Oscar for it on this film decided that uh, it would be better off without the eyes and then the audience would have the impression that this creature hunts by the sense of smell which again it works really well and it, and it adds to that realism doesn't it so um, yeah the alien itself only spends approximately four minutes on screen and this was due to the fact that Ridley Scott wanted to um, didn't want the audience rather to be under the impression that this is a man in a suit so how do you combat that? Well, you, you give the alien itself as little, least amount of screen time as possible. So what you do is you, you cut to a bit of an arm, a bit of a leg, and you leave it up to the, the imagination of the viewer. And this works. It, it works really well. It's also a trick from the, the early horror films. If you go back to the 40s and 50s, you don't actually see the creature until the very end of the film. And again, it's a good technique to use if you want to install that fear in the audience is just don't show them because then it gets the mind working and it works on a psychological level as well as a, as a visual level. So yeah, the alien itself is only on screen for about four minutes 
and um, the only shots that you see of it close up is the the mouth and obviously the way that it kills a little bit and there's a scene with a tail wrapping around I think it's Lambert's legs and so yeah it's cut really well and again this is down to Ridley Scott incidentally the um, the second row of teeth are on the on the tongue there's a lot of tendons on that mouth and these are actually condoms so uh, yeah if you so it's it's just quite amazing really and the there is an autopsy scene where obviously the face hugger has been it's come off of John Hurt sorry about that and um, so they have the face hugger on a table and they're sort of dissecting it and, and looking into what makes this thing work and this was made out of um, it's the intestines if you like were shellfish and I think it was a lamb's heart as well at the same time so again it's amazing what what you can do to give the impression of something on screen I know in one of the um, opening of an egg sequence in Aliens I think it's the one where the egg is in front of Newt I know that that's noodles and uncooked chicken so um, yeah just another drop another one in there for you from another film and uh, right so yeah when when um, yeah, Dan O'Brien and Ronald Shusett writing the screenplay for Alien and initially they it was called Star Beast and neither one of them were particularly happy and it wasn't until they kept on rereading through the script that they noticed that the term Alien kept on propping up and so they changed the name from Star Beast to Alien and as we know a legend is born in the scene where we're first introduced to the space jockey the two astronauts are played by Ridley Scott's sons who dress them up in the, the costume of the uh, Nostromo to give the impression that the space jockey is actually bigger than what it is. This is quite a common trick in cinematography to, if you want something to look big, best way to do that is get little people standing next to it. This also leads on to the scene where Kane is lowered down into the egg chamber and he says, you know, there's hundreds of eggs and there's a layer of mist that reacts when touched. The um, As he kneels down and we give the impression that he's kneeling down on the floor to peer into this egg because there's movement. The scene where the actual facehugger bursts out from that egg and onto John Hurt's face was actually filmed upside down. What do I mean by this? Well, what they did was the, they placed the egg on top of the camera facing the ground and then filmed it as you would normally and with the uh, the effect was that they pushed the face hugger out like a puppet but rather than pushing it up they were pushing it down towards the camera so that's how they they filmed that bit and um that's where i'm going to wrap up this this episode of sci-fi fans uh, thank you very much for for joining me if you stayed this long then um thank you very much for listening to my ramblings and yeah, if you like the ep episode, then please do subscribe and come back for more. And um, what can I say? Thank you very much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. I hope I've given you some insight into how they made Alien and given you a few interesting facts and pointers that you didn't know about. If I've missed anything, and I have, trust me, and there's points that you feel should have been covered, then please do get in touch with me. You can join me on the uh, on my Facebook group, Sci-Fi Fans, I do have a website, wayneblinko.com, as well as a book for sale on Amazon, W.A. Blinko, and the book is Broken Ceasefire. 
Thank you very much for um, stopping by and listening to me ramble on. And I will see you next time. Cheers.